everyone, my name is Senna. And my name is Sophia. You're listening to the ninth episode of Insights The Highlights. The highlights of the collaboration between Princeton Insights and the Daily Princetonian. Insights is a newsletter written by Princeton undergrads, grad students, and postdocs, covering the most exciting and groundbreaking research being conducted here at Princeton in the form of short, fun, easy-to-read reviews. They cover a range of topics, including psychology, neuroscience, biology, computer science, and physics, just to name a few. Make sure you check out their website at insights.princeton.edu. In this episode, we're honoring all the seniors who recently submitted their senior theses. For those of you who don't know, all seniors at Princeton must submit a thesis or other independent work in order to graduate, which they typically spend at least a year working on. Today, we're interviewing a senior in the neuroscience department, Chino Eke, about his thesis on characterizing the developmental trajectories of social memory in autism. Yeah, so my name is Chino Eke. I'm currently a senior um, studying neuroscience with a certificate in global health and policy, and I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Perfect. So can you basically just tell us about your thesis topic and also how you ended up choosing it? So yeah, my thesis is about social memory impairments in two forms of autistic mice um, and how the neural mechanisms that cause those impairments are kind of derived and developed over time. Um, how I kind of got into it was during my junior year, I had a opportunity to kind of work with the Gould Lab, which studies neuroplasticity. And my graduate student that I ended up working with had started a project on how like autism develops over time in different, like this specific strain of mouse called chink 3 b um, knockouts, which is derived from this disorder called Phelan-McDermott syndrome. Um, and so we were like, they were, she was looking at different forms of like, uh, I guess the disorder and kind of like found this really interesting like neural mechanism called perineuronal nets, which basically kind of shape how the brain is able to like form social memory. And so I found it really interesting because it was like, the closest thing to a clinical application of like animal research and so I ended up hopping on her project during junior year and then ended up doing my JP with the lab and then it rolled into the thesis so yeah. What sort of research have you done like this before like I know you kind of touched up on like you're doing it during your junior thesis but like into the more like the specifics of how you went about conducting your own senior thesis like how did you derive the methods you learned your junior year to apply it to your thesis? Sure yeah so my Junior year, like before my junior year, I had worked in a few research labs. Um, first, I did an IP um, in Portugal at the Fundação um, where I like worked on cerebellum research. And there, I like learned how to do histology, which is basically like you take the brain and you like section it, and then you can stain it for like with different antibodies to like see basically what is in the brain. Um, and I had learned a couple other like wet bench techniques that I had also like picked up in orgo lab and other things and so during my junior year it was a lot more like behavioral like paradigms like making sure you're interacting with the mice properly making sure that you're able to like actively like test for whatever pair like I guess things that you were looking for um and so it kind of rolled over into my senior year where I was like doing a lot of like wet bench work with like histology I was doing a lot of like imaging with 
this thing called a confocal, which is basically just like a really strong um, microscope. And so the combination of two of those things kind of allowed me to perform my thesis. But, yeah. I guess since you've been working on it for a while, I guess starting in your junior year, like were there any significant changes to like changes to the process or changes to the thesis itself over that yeah. time? So originally, like when I joined the project, we were supposed to just track the development of um, this mod, these two models of like autism in the mice. And as we were like, I had been working on that most of my junior year, like that's basically what my JP was about, like how social memory develops, um, not so much of like how it's impaired um, and like what causes those impairments. But by the time like I was almost done with the first semester of senior year, the findings that we had like generated actually weren't like leaning so much towards the original hypothesis that we were like trying to pursue and so like as is the nature of science we kind of like pivoted to look at more of like how different areas of the brain influence this region called the ca2 which is like considered like the social memory hub um and so we kind of like started looking at like the, in, the afferents which is like basically the input into like the ca2 from dente gyrus and like this CA3 and like other parts of the brain and so yeah so like it changed a little bit I wouldn't say like the project kind of like stopped and then started again but yeah what did you guys end up finding in your research yeah so basically these like neural mechanism um, which is called perineural nets they basically like restrict um, the neurons ability to form like projections to other neurons and then form an engram which is basically like a memory unit and in the CA2. And so like there had kind of been like a standing hypothesis that like they influenced how social memory or memory just generally forms. Um, and we found that instead of like this, these like components being dysregulated across the board in both models of ASD, um, they were invertly regulated, dysregulated. So basically in the one model, it had like a super high like abundance of these PNNs and then another model it had like a super low abundance which is kind of interesting because like autism spectrum disorder is a um, heterogeneous disorder and so like it has a bunch of different like causes but this was like a first kind of like there actually is a very strong like difference between what cause of ASD influences another so yeah, that's kind of like the main takeaway from our findings. Do you think that like what you worked on in your thesis will like will ever return to it like in research after college or eventually like in med school? Yeah, so theoretically one could potentially find like a actual like pharmaceutical application for the findings here. Um, because autism is like a, it's typically diagnosed behaviorally. Like, there's not, like, a consistent biomarker that allows you to be, like, oh, I can test you during, like, pregnancy and, like, see if you're going to develop autism and what severity of it. Um, but this is, like, potentially one. Granted, it, like, requires the brain to be fully formed, so it would be, like, way later in pregnancy for you to test for it. But if, what like, the research that's going forward with, like, the lab that I'll still kind of be tangentially a part of is, like, to see if we can, like, change the up or down regulation of these perineuronal nets to like potentially cause like 
uh, stabilization that will allow for like the mouse not to develop autism. And so like in theory, if that like actually pans out, then I guess future like research into like developing a drug for like correcting, I guess, these like this impairment could potentially help to like alleviate the burdens of autism. But that's like super far down the line. And I don't know like if directly that will be something that I like end up working on in med school, but mm. I don't know. It'll, it'll be a cool potential avenue for the field. So Gotcha. Oh, yeah, that's really awesome. <laughs> um, so, like, what role has your advisor played in helping you with your thesis? Sure. Yeah. So, I directly worked with a grad, like a PhD candidate, um, Emma Dykelon, who was like very much actively a part of my thesis. Like, she taught me all like the lab webbench techniques that I needed to do. She helped me with surgeries that I needed to perform, behavioral stuff, imaging, whatnot. Um, and so in that sense, she was very much a direct role and she like helped me with editing and like making sure all my, like my thesis actually turned out like without her, it wouldn't have really kind of manifested in the way that it has. But my advisor, Elizabeth Gould, um, she also played a pretty active role. Like every week, like a lot of science labs in the neuro department have like weekly, um, lab meetings. And so the undergraduates alongside the graduate students will like present like the progress and so she would provide abundant input um onto like the direction of the project it's kind of like interesting because like there's so many different components of like separate projects that aren't really related to each other that happen in the lab and like she's kind of like a captain and like steers like helps everyone navigate what direction they need to go to so yeah so she like wasn't directly like helping me with like the surgeries and whatnot which was more of my grad student but she definitely helped guide the way of like the scientific discoveries so yeah what made you want to major in neuro as opposed to the other concentrations sure yeah so my like actual reason to come coming to princeton was um kind of because of the neuroscience institute um it was like founded fairly recently and is still not a department primarily because it's like supposed to be an intercollaborative space between like molecular biology chemistry physics and psych um and I found that really interesting. And more on a personal note, like my grandpa, he had Alzheimer's um, or that like had dementia and whatnot and like recently passed away from it. And so like, he was kind of like a really big motivating factor for me to study neuroscience because like a lot of people, you, when they start developing these symptoms, they really kind of not so much change, but like they're no longer who they used to be. Um, and so like seeing like how he had been like a very impactful person in my life and then kind of like slip away almost like in the span of a, a couple of years. Um, when I started, I was like, oh, I'm, I want to do research on autism or not autism, Alzheimer's um, and like kind of like help, you know, the field push forward to prevent other people from having to go through it. But then like, obviously we're not super clinically based because we don't have like a medical school. So it wasn't like, Exactly like that, but that's kind of like what got me into neuroscience. That's awesome. As a final question, do you have any advice for like juniors or other underclassmen who are starting to prepare for their thesis? Um, yeah, for sure. So I think from personal experience, it was very helpful to do internships during the summer um, that like were science STEM related. So going and applying to like 
internships through like I, the International Internship Program or the Center for Health and Wellbeing um, were like definitely beneficial for me. Um, additionally, like a lot of professors are really like willing and able to accept like freshmen and sophomores into their lab. Um, I know that it's like in the neuroscience department, they start a pairing process your junior year if you aren't already attached to a lab to make sure that like every student is actively involved. But like for me personally, it was really useful to like go reach out and email professors. Um, so that's like something I definitely would recommend because like it might be daunting, but a lot of people here are very like willing and able to help. Um, and so you just have to kind of take the first step and like reach out to them. So yeah. Okay, Rebecca. Cool. Cool. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This special senior thesis episode of Highlights was written by Senna Aldabash and Sophia Vokarpa. It was produced under the 146th Managing Board of The Daily Princetonian. For more podcasts and other digital media from The Prince, visit The Daily Princetonian website. Many thanks to Chino Eke for speaking with us. Like all other senior theses, Chino's thesis will eventually be available through the MUD Manuscript Library should you want to read more about his work. To access Insight's usual content, be sure to check out the Insight's website, which can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.